Hey, this is Kayla, and you're listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Hey everyone, Alec here, bringing you the next episode of the Casually Spiritual Podcast, a show where we share the lives of everyday people living an everyday life in faith. Today, I am so excited to bring you Kayla Fletcher. She's actually part of the Casually Spiritual team. Most of the things that we write on the website, the different blurbs, the different descriptions, comes from Kayla. I know that she's really talented in the different things God has blessed her with, and she's also just a genuinely nice person. She does a lot for God in her life and has come from a humble spirit, a humble background, and even some would say hard. And so I am so excited to have her on here because I didn't even know what the story was going to be about. Somebody approached me and said, you have to have Kayla. So I know this is going to be awesome. I know it's going to bless you. And so let's go to the conversation. All right. Welcome to the Casually Spiritual Podcast featuring Kayla Fletcher. Say hello. Hey. I feel like a night show host with that one. Do you watch night shows actually? Um. Well, pretty much just Jimmy Fallon. Wait, honestly. do you have... Actually, I don't know. Do you have TV? <laughs> Do I have TV? I don't live in a cave. Well, I, I don't know. I just felt like you live in a part of life that like doesn't have TV. People do that. We don't have cable. I did that for a very long time, actually. And it was really life-changing. But of- then I made the mistake of going back. So now I watch <laughs> Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> Out of context, this is actually a really weird start, but I'm okay with it. Um, Kayla, now... I normally ask, like, how did we become friends? But I Mm -hmm. want to point out that no matter what timeline you give, my timeline probably started way before it because there was at a time where I said we were friends. And then later on, months later, you're like, we weren't actually friends at that point. (laughs) So, Uh, yeah, which I'm just so offended, which also our producer, David, feels the same way that we weren't friends when I thought we were friends. He's nodding his head because he's good with audio. Kayla, in your words, when do we become friends or how? How? Yes. Well, actually, my first uh, impression of you, Alec, was we were at summer camp. You were a counselor. I think, was I a supervisor that year, I believe? You were in charge of... The store? No. Yes? No? Yeah, the store. But I came out because I I had helped like plan the party and all this stuff, and I come out, and there's this huge karaoke area set up, which, okay, already kind of... No, we didn't, actually. Yes. I feel like we had dance dance... No, no, we had That's not the first impression I have of you. The first impression I have of you. That's my point. That's my point. Is you. (laughs) The first impression I have of you is going out on that back patio by the lake and you are just singing your heart (gasps) out to like a Backstreet Boys song. Yeah. And you are moving with it. All right. And just dancing with it and almost yelling into the microphone, honestly. And I remember being like, uh, who the heck is that? <laughs> and then everyone was like, that's Alec. He raps. Like, that's kind of <laughs> just like what you were known for. Probably during all of orientation that week, like orientation week that mm-hmm. year was just, that's that kid that raps. Casually because spiritual mixtape coming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope not. But you would literally just go around different areas of the camp and just start You rapping. had to have a party trick, okay? Some <laughs> kids could throw the frisbee better than I could. Some people were better at longboarding. But I know, considering there was only like two other black guys that definitely didn't rap, and Alec, who was Asian, he yeah. has to do something. You did I have could that. You did have that. And like, so it was I'll good. It I'm not dropping that casually spiritual mixtape. <laughs> I feel like I've put myself in it. So wait, was that a good impression or a bad? Were you just like, It was oh, an impression. He raps quotations. Oh. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't like, oh my gosh, I got to be this dude's friend. But at the same oh? time, I wasn't like, I can't be this guy's friend because he does karaoke. Because anybody that knows me knows that I also love karaoke. So. Side note. 
when we did that karaoke, the next song was uh, Drops of Jupiter. Yeah. And no one knew the lyrics except for me. And I was ticked. I knew the lyrics, though. I, but I was in the back, so I didn't have a microphone or I would have, like, They didn't even in. know them. Nah, Train. Nah, nah, nah. They didn't even know that. Nah, nah, I was so nah. mad. Yeah, I got so, Okay, after that. You know, we go in our lives. We're not in, like, the normal circle, so. But I do, like, events and stuff like that. Like, still, when do we become friends, Kayla? Um, I feel like, personally, that we became, like, where I would consider, hey, we're actual friends, yes. was when you started working extra. Like, you were working yes. in the kitchen mm-hmm. and stuff, because you were there more. Like Christmas train. Yeah, like, oh Christmas train time is when we really <laughs> kind of became friends. All of this at Dry Gold's USA. Because I feel like you kind of calmed down. <laughs> You didn't rap as much. Life wasn't as exciting at a yeah. camp when you had to do the stuff in the freezer and it sucked. Yes, you stayed. You ex- you like stayed longer, and I was there longer. And then I was like, okay, this guy actually talks. He doesn't just rap. What the so. heck? No, I sing. Okay, but you rapped a lot, so yeah, that's calm down. I don't do that anymore. I know. It's like if that's I like why we're friends. If it's like I have to. Oh my gosh, this explains so much more. <laughs> Okay, so basically, I work a little more, and Kayla realizes I'm a normal, great human being. Absolutely. And we can become friends. All I know is Kayla's, like, super nice and positive, because at camp, we would have to wake up at, like, 6 a.m. <laughs> to get ready, and me and, like, Darian, my other, and everyone else we're working with is like, I am so tired, because we had to work till 12, we're already up at 6. You get in the kitchen, and Kayla's like, good morning! <laughs> How are y'all? How'd you sleep? And we're like, why are we being yelled at? I wasn't yelling. At that point, at 6 a.m. it is. When the kids come to get breakfast, you're just like, hello, how many peaches do you want? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Well, I love mornings, though, first of all. And I love late nights, too. You love people. And And people. Are you an extrovert? Oh, 100%. Okay. Like, if there was, like, a past 100 scale, like, I would be on that end of things. Yeah. Okay. Does that go with your personality types? Like, oh, first time, let's shout it out. Enneagram. Like, what's your Enneagram? Enneagram two wing one. What are you? <laughs> two wing one. Oh, look at this. Represent. Friendship. Friendship. We're now the we're best friends. people. We're the best friends. Yeah. Literally, I think that's we like are a, like the ultimate Enneagram. I will, two wing one. I will put myself out there at. for my own, like, disregard myself for people. Yeah. And so sometimes. Sometimes to a fault, though. And uh, that kind of gets taken advantage of occasionally <laughs> and then people point out that you're being taken advantage of and then you get mad at that person for pointing out hey you're being taken advantage of so it's kind it's like, of no you don't get it this kind is of a love. fun cycle to just i'm yeah. gonna put enneagram in the title description and i think it'll get my most like yeah. listened to like oh my god it's really like- popular right now and i really do i love talking about it with people because it's fun but i'm into all the personality things not even just the enneagram but other stuff too going forward i think in the description i need to get everyone's enneagram and just put it in there like yeah i don't know if i want to listen to this guy oh my gosh he has an eight wing seven let's do this oh my gosh and i feel like as i talk this evening you're gonna hear if you are an enneagram two you're gonna hear some stuff that you're like, whoa, <laughs> this is Enneagram 2. This is the definition of Enneagram 2. All right, I'm so. about to put Kayla talks about something, <laughs> this, and Enneagram 2. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. That might be it. She's yeah. a 2. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, okay, so that's really fun. Now, man, there's no like good way to do this, but Kayla, like I put in our description, our introduction, you're a really happy, a really positive person. I think most people like will see you with a smile. You love serving. You're involved in you know, helping God's people here in Tulsa, a bunch of ladies there. We'll get to that very much later. You 
volunteer do you still volunteer like prayer like prayer oh yeah and stuff? like i love doing that at our church yeah mm-hmm. you're part of the prayer team that people go to you're generally giving conversation your whole social media is basically look at what god is doing today mm-hmm. this is awesome remember kayla's tiny house your Insta- oh yeah your- my tiny house yeah you i used to just for everyone just some context when uh snapchat was in its heyday so before instagram decided <laughs> to take over what snapchat used to do uh, I actually had a web show that ran from my little tiny one-bedroom house where I tried to fix things and was not very good at it <laughs> and would just kind of broadcast it for the whole world to see. No, it's good because you had a theme song that you would play and you always drew out a house for like the title screen. Yeah. That was the best part. Oh, and do you remember my weather reports? I would do weather reports where it was really not that. Oh, yeah. And like, it, or like, <laughs> and like you'd be yelling. You would yell it. Just like, it is raining out here. This is crazy. Hey, you had to entertain yourself out there. <laughs> there wasn't very much to do except for like see deer and Draggles USA population four. <laughs> I was one of those four. It was great though. Oh man. But I know from your life that no, I don't know from your life. I don't know why I say oh, that. You're that's going the, to. That's, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that's the whole point of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I don't want this to be an interview. It's still a conversation, but I'm really excited to learn what I've been told and what just the general thing they put out there is like dysfunctional family. Absolutely. Now, that's something we haven't talked about yet, but that's even part of my life. I come from, my family's actually divorced. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. You know, I have a stepdad now, and I don't know the, like, the other side of my family. Yeah. But I don't know if it's like the same dynamic there. I don't know what it was. You were homeschooled, right? I was homeschooled for a time, and then I actually wound up going to public school. Okay. So I kind of did the dynamic of, of all of that. Okay. So let's just do this. Kayla, when did this all begin? Yeah, so uh, I always kind of tell people that uh, I should be a statistic. So um, when you look at things or when you're reading magazines or journals about kids that are in prison or kids that are dead or addicted to drugs and like all that kind of stuff, like given if all my if all my stuff was written out on a piece of paper, Mm -hmm. that would be me like I would be the poster child for the kid that's in prison or the kid that is addicted to drugs and stuff like that. And so, um, just growing up, you know, even from the very beginning, you know, my parents, (laughs) my dad had an alcohol problem. My biological dad had an alcohol problem and had all kinds of crazy, you know, dysfunction and abuse and stuff there. And so, uh, at a very young age, my mom, uh, took me cause I was the only kid at that point. Are you and the oldest of children? Yeah, I'm what? the oldest of six kids. Wait, there's six by of the you? Way. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be awesome. I know. There's there's six of us, and it's all mixed up. Like you wouldn't even know, uh, you wouldn't even know who my siblings are because we have different last names. We don't look the same because there was just that much stuff wow. with it. So uh, you know, just moving from even that first year of life coming from divorce. Wow. And people kind of underestimate divorce uh, anymore just because you hear the statistic of 50% of marriages yeah. end in divorce. and uh, But it really makes an impact on people, and it really can kind of shape shape your life. And we hear a lot, you know, daddy issues. People have daddy yeah. issues and stuff like that. And sometimes, you know, I'm kind of like, okay, do you really have daddy issues or are you just making yeah. bad decisions? Um, but some of, there is some truth to that. And no, so, yeah, it's like... You know, even when people say, like, it's at a young age, like me, I was, like, four, and then I got a stepdad, like, pretty quickly. But even then, there's, like, just something in your head that, like, I 
come from divorced parents. Like, man, is that going to happen to me? Like, no matter what? Like, and I I just know from my situation, I don't want to go into it. It's not like, you know, that's my mom's business, really. But it's just like, you know, is that going to be me? Or can I make, you know, different decisions? And that just sticks with you. And also, it's just like, man, who am I going to be? And it just hits you at random points when you realize, like, huh. And for me, it's like, I have a whole other side of my family. Man, I've not, that's probably the deepest I've gone in my whole life, this whole podcast. <laughs> so sorry. That's but, okay. You just wait. It's just going to come out. This is going to actually turn into a podcast about oh you. It's going to be great. Kayla talks about <laughs> Alex's life. We are building the hey, title. Just wait, man. I kind of like to do that with people. This it's thing writes just, itself. <laughs> yeah. And just kind of go with people that way. But I think too, uh, given the way that Christianity is like, I've been a Christian my whole life. Thank God. Oh my gosh. Cause like I Come said, on. I would be dead or addicted to drugs or something. Um, without you Jesus. Christian and addicted to drugs, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but that stuff doesn't consume my life because mm-hmm. I have Christ. Come and on. honestly, uh, I feel like divorce has such a stigma within the church these days and within Christianity. Yeah. Obviously divorce is bad, you know, so I'm not like, Hey, everybody should get divorced over here. The Bible don't, calls it death. Don't take that. Okay. Yeah. But what I am saying is it's okay to talk about. And I feel like it's something that people have kind of gotten this level of shame over and wow. shame likes to hide things yeah. and put things in the dark. God likes to shine light on things and get those things out. And so that's what I actually kind of appreciate about your podcast as well as because you're having people come on here and really talk about some of those dark crevices that people don't want to talk about. Thank you. And that's the only way to get light in them is Mm -hmm. to talk about it and kind of get it out there. So, you know, I did come from kind of a scattered background. Mm -hmm. I would like to say one divorce, but that's not the case. There were several Several, divorces. More than two. Um, Or two. Kind of. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's just kind (laughs) of a crazy, you know, so we don't have time to go into all that kind of stuff necessarily, but this is part one. (laughs) Yeah. Part one of eight different. No, I'm just kidding. Catch the next episode in a month. (laughs) Kayla's divorce story. No, I'm just kidding. And that's the thing is I love my parents and we have, we actually have a really good relationship. My mom and my uh, stepdad that I have, we have a very good relationship that way. And so, um, it's helped a lot to kind of talk about it. And even, I think what's great about coming from kind of a background that's maybe not that picture mm-hmm. picturesque Christian or whatever is that you have something to relate to people with. Yeah. Because the people that I do want to reach and the people I want to help are the people that also come from some of that stuff. Yeah. And so it's not that I go around telling everybody, Hey, you know, I should be a drug addict right now. <laughs> I should, you know, be dead or all these things. But uh, because I have been through that, when I yeah. hear that in someone, it's like an instant connection with them, and I can instantly start talking to them wow. about that. Come on. And oftentimes it's like, wait, what? Hold someone <laughs> else feels this way, or someone else has had to endure this, and it's like, absolutely. So. Okay, so very young age, divorce, kind of moving around. Life's pretty crazy there. Yeah. So you said you were a Christian from the beginning, though. How, like in all this, how did that actually happen? Uh, so what's really awesome about all of that is as soon as, cause I lived in Louisiana, uh, what? As of, I know, right? Oh, you're from Missouri. Ugh. No, I'm from the Bayou. Ew. Uh, <laughs> I ew. hate Louisiana. If you're from there, I, I will put it out there. I think it's gross. I'm actually from Oklahoma, but then we moved to Louisiana cause that's where my biological hey, dad's y'all. family. So, but after that kind of fizzled out and, yeah. uh, my mom and I moved to Oklahoma and, uh, she immediately got involved in church 
And I'm so thankful. I tell people I seriously got saved in like a one room church, which is like so funny because this isn't the pioneer times or anything. <laughs> but I was actually, I remember my children's pastor, who is my pastor's wife, sitting down and talking about Jesus and just feeling different. Wow. And just from that very early age, knowing, hey, even though this is really messy, and my whole life is kind of dysfunctional right now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I have no grip on anything or control of anything. Even with all of that, there's something here. There is something to this. And so really just truly yeah. shaped the trajectory of my entire life. And so even through stepdads or mm-hmm. different relationships and things like that, or moving or mm-hmm. going through the transition of homeschool to public school all of a sudden and things like that, I was really able to hold on to God through all of that. And like as a kid, then it wasn't one of those like, man, I need this. Like this is going to fix it. It was just like, I like this. Yeah. Like, it was just natural for you. Yeah. Because yeah, I think a lot of people come from their situation when you're older, that's kind of where people go is like, I needed this. It was my anchor at the time. But you're just like, no, no, no. Jesus was cool. And yeah. I just rolled with it. It was it was the relationship I always knew I was supposed to be in. Wow. If that makes sense. No, yeah. Because I felt the parental love of God. And that was something I craved. Because as a little girl, who do you want in your life? Your dad. Yeah. You always want your dad. And I didn't necessarily have that. Mm-hmm. Uh and so what's amazing is even like, I didn't come to this realization until just a couple years ago, but mm-hmm. I was taking a shower. That's where all great ideas come from, right? It's when you're like taking a shower and you're just like, do, 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 scrubbing your hair, <laughs> do, 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 do. <laughs> scrubbing your hair. And then you're like, oh my gosh, this like amazing thing, oh. this idea or whatever. <laughs> so it wasn't quite that way, but I just had this overwhelming thought because of course, social media is really big right now mm-hmm. and was looking at social media. The, In the shower? Uh, <laughs> no, okay. no. I was thinking of when I was looking. <laughs> thanks for that clarity, though. Um, when I was looking at social media, it was Father's Day, and I was like looking at everything and thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is so cute!" All these different pictures of people with their dads. Yeah, it was so cute, and uh-huh. I was so uh, excited to see all these different things, these little throwback pictures and stuff. Great, and then it hit me. This is this is what hit me in the shower. Not this, not me being on Facebook. <laughs> Something hit you. <laughs> What is happening? While I was in the shower, I was reminiscing, which <laughs> might also be weird for people, sorry, uh, reminiscing about these photos of people I had seen on Father's Day and thought to myself, oh my gosh, even if I wanted to post a picture I can't. of my dad, I can't. Wow. Like, I don't have mm. one. Uh, not my biological dad, not my stepdads. Mm. Like, I just don't have that. Uh, we were very quiet. We didn't talk about things in our family. We just covered things up and we just kind of moved on from things. And as you can tell, that's not my personality. (laughs) And so I struggled forever, but... Were you an oddball then in your family? Like even like just even like the Christian part, it seems like. Yeah, I was just an anomaly. Oh, your mom was and like, oh, still, she really likes this. Well, it's still just, you know, like kind of like that. Sometimes there's different conversations I have with people in my family and it's like, I don't understand that. I don't understand why yeah. you're acting this way or mm-hmm. why you feel this way. So, but, uh, what really was cool about having that realization of, oh my gosh, even if I wanted to post a picture of my dad, I can't, I was sad for the first time. It took me like 20 years Wow. without, like an actual biological father figure or anything in my life. It took me 20 years to realize, whoa, I don't have that. Other people have that and I don't have that. Yeah. And so I kind of just got sad for a minute. And at first I was like, I can't be sad about this. I've done it 20 years and been fine. (laughs) 
how dare you, you know, whatever. But then I just, and I'm not going to be like this super spiritual person that is like, I heard the audible voice of God, you know, (laughs) say this or that. But I really did, uh, you know, going on later that day, uh, really did later in that day, just feel the comfort that God brought from that and really kind of felt him tell me, Kayla, your dad's in every single picture you have on Facebook. Every single picture that you have wow. in your Whoa. parents' photo album, That's your dad's good. in. And just to Whoa. think of like that, like I want to cry right now. I cry a lot too. <laughs> I, so tell. I don't want to cry, but just that was so comforting to mm-hmm. know that I don't have to necessarily have this biological or even uh, a different figure in my life to fill that role because God really did. So I, even though I had stepdads and I had all this stuff, I honestly never felt the void. Because God always brought coaches in my life. He always brought yeah. teachers. He always brought pastors. And so I always felt like I had a dad. So it's pretty cool. Okay. So yeah, that's a that's an awesome story. You brought in fact you brought like the moral, like the end of the story, like right here in the middle. Where do we even well, that was a great podcast, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Kayla. <laughs> um, but no, that that sounds really awesome. I think a lot of people, it's a lot more common to meet people like not even just divorce, I think. I've, it's surprising to me and I'll say it like the amount of people I've met that don't have a dad because of like other reasons, not just divorce, but like their dad leaves them, which Mm. is kind of like divorce. But like, I I sometimes feel like that's harder for some people. It's just like, or prematurely dies. Yeah. Like the death ones. And it's so, it's so crazy that not even just divorce, but the losing, just the missing of a parental unit is so important. I think it's something big, you know, Terry Crews. Man, I'm I'm getting into something. Here's a slice. <laughs> we listen to relevant podcasts. Shout out, get yes. me on there. I'll do it. <laughs> yes. I have no problem plugging them. Free advertising. Um, but no, like Terry Crews posted a thing like the importance of like a male and female father figure. And he got some flack from different groups on the way he said it. But I think yeah. I think everyone will agree that like it's important to have both influences. Sometimes it doesn't matter where. Like that father figure can be a coach. That father figure can be a teacher, whereas the mom can be the teacher or the, you know, the female influence can be an aunt, somebody else. But I think it's so important to have both or even just like that adult influence, somebody to guide you. I think it's so underrated and a lot of people are like, I've just learned to deal with it, mm-hmm. but it's something that maybe we shouldn't have to deal with. Well, and what's cool is like, I'm so thankful that my mom was as strong as she was mm-hmm. raising us as a single mom for as long as she did and all those things. But there is something to that father-child thing. I think back to the way that God designed the death and resurrection of Jesus. When Mm -hmm. he sent Jesus as a human figure, he didn't just say, here's this guy that's going to come and save all y'all and forgive your sins. He said, Mm -hmm. this is my son. Why would he put such importance to relate Jesus back to himself if there wasn't some value in that? And so I think family is at the heart of God. And so that's why I'm so passionate about it. When I went to Bible school, there was a test, like if you're having issues in your spiritual life, who do you go to first? And it was like, A, your family, two, your closest friends, three, the church staff, four, a counselor. And everybody put like church staff and stuff. And only me and somebody else, not that's a humble brag there, but yeah, only (laughs) me and somebody else put your family. And and so they're like, who voted what? And they're like, the answer is family. And it's just like, and I looked at everyone. I was like, hold on, guys. What are you not telling your families? Yeah. And so that's so important. Um, so you grow up 
and didn't have that figure, but you got plugged into church, which was really good. And it just hit you. I remember you told me stories like, yeah, everybody, every Christian kid watches VeggieTales. Like you watch like sermons too yes. and stuff. Like you were that kid. And like, I don't even think you wanted to be a preacher. You just like liked listening to them. Yeah. My first CD, here's a shameless plug. My first CD that I ever got was Michael W. Smith. And I would oh, sit in my bedroom on my little like travel CD player and cry. listening to michael w smith so michael w smith if you ever want to give me some free tickets i will be here for that i will be i will show up but yeah no i was just so hungry for it i remember as a little kid in that one room church Mm -hmm. going and just sitting next to our pastor's office and he would just say kaylee you're going to be in ministry and i had no idea what that meant you know you're like five or six years old oh awesome wait what you know but he would just say you're going to be in ministry and so it just followed me i just knew there was just the sense of there's hope in that and Mm -hmm. i needed so much hope in my life yeah and so where does it go from there you get you get saved as a kid and like where i know some kids actually do this like they feel like man I'm going to like help my family and stuff too. This is awesome. Did I like, did you have any of that feeling like towards your family or like when you really got into church, how did that affect your family dynamic going forward from that point? Yeah. So I was just full, st- like full speed ahead mm-hmm. because I Jesus trained felt the hope. I felt the change and all this stuff. <laughs> and so even when our family dynamic shifted through the years and some siblings got added and all these different <laughs> things, different parents too. Yeah. Say these siblings? Yeah. Wow. So just through all of that, uh, I just kept holding on to that. And so even sometimes, you know, my family loves Jesus, but I was always just like, there is so much more to this. We got to just keep going. And so I'm just so thankful for that, honestly. Did anything else happen in your childhood that you feel like was really like influential, like anything that sticks out to you? Um, childhood, you know, like I said, there's a lot to unpack there, Mm -hmm. but really I think a biggest moment of testing my faith and testing, okay, Kayla, you are going to say you're a Christian and you're going to walk like a Christian. Now I want you to actually act like you're a Christian. And, uh, that happened in high school, actually. Public school? Uh, Public school. Okay, cool. Junior year. I, uh, was getting ready for prom. Because hey, prom. It's Shout actually out. prom season right now, right? Yeah. It depends where you go. Like I know. My we prom, were, ours was always in May. Yeah, my prom is the week before graduation. But people here have it in like March. Yeah, I've it's seen so that. Weird. And yeah, I know, I always thought it was like normal for everybody else to be like a week before. Like I, we we aren't in school for two weeks, then we go to prom, we're another week off, and then we graduate. It was awesome. Yeah. But still, prom season, awesome. Yeah. So I was getting ready upstairs. Uh, for prom, my junior prom. So it's my first prom. Super excited. And I come downstairs and I'm wearing my prom dress and I got my prom hair and all that. And I walk into our living room and it there in our living room is about five or six police officers. And you didn't hear any of that? No, because I was upstairs. Okay. Uh, Michael W. Smith was playing too loud. <laughs> I still listen to you him. You know, honestly, it's probably High School Musical. You're probably listening to the High School Musical 3 soundtrack. Dude. Okay. Yeah. I was like, high school? Yeah. Okay. Um... But yeah, so came downstairs and there were about five or six police officers uh-huh. in our living room and my parents were in there and my sister was in there and it was actually the first time that I found out my sister was really, really addicted to drugs. Wow. So, um, I still remember like the devastating aspect of that was coming down the stairs. You know, that's that moment for yeah. a teenage girl, like, oh, everyone's going to see how beautiful I am or like, whatever. Can, it's my moment. It's my moment. Yeah. Like, I worked hard for this. Not really, uh-huh. <laughs> but I worked hard for this. And 
as soon as I open the door, you know, I'm thinking I'm going to have this majestic entry and immediately making eye contact with one of the police officers. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and then he looked at my dress and you could just see like instant sadness. Like on his, his heartbreak. Face. Yeah, yeah. Because wow. he was like, oh my gosh, she's about to go to prom tonight and we're in her living room. So what's room. happening? Why are the cops there? My sister got uh, busted for drugs for okay. the first time. Okay. And so they knew where she lived because apparently they had known about things a lot oh. longer than we had. And so came straight to our house to pick her up that night. And so wow. I, uh, you know, had to reel with that. That was actually the first time I ever had a panic attack. So wow. uh, for those of you that have panic attacks, wow. totally understand. No, I didn't know you dealt with that. Yeah, I don't anymore. Praise okay. God. I haven't had one um in forever honestly mm -hmm. but that was the first time i'd had one yeah. and so it was just like i'm not going i'm not going <laughs> because hello <laughs> <Wow>. like <laughs> you're crying and you're having a panic attack you don't want to go to prom anymore but my dad is just like i'm calling your friends we're going to meet you meet them at the grocery store you're getting in the car you're going like you have to get wow. out of here and he's like i'm going to call your other friend you're going to stay with them for the weekend like just right after prom don't even come home just wow. stay and so that was probably like the worst prom story anyone's ever had ever and like <laughs> in the history of ever. <laughs> Do you feel like he said he did that like more of a to comfort you or more of like don't deal with this kind of thing? Probably both because yeah. Enneagram 2, uh, what do we do? <laughs> we are over responsible. And so you're going to somehow like put this on you. Like, yes, I could have like helped. I should have known they were dealing instantly with this. I felt the guilt. Alec. Yeah. Like I felt <laughs> guilt over it because yeah. I shared a bedroom with my sister and like all of and, and this was no a secret idea. life. What did you think of your sister before this? We had never gotten along uh, mm -hmm. because uh, she had dealt with a lot of different, you know, things. What's the age difference, by the way? A year and a half. She's a year and a half younger. And uh, we just kind of grew up not liking each other very wow. much, you know, because we always were disagreeing. She was very headstrong and mm. I was very people pleaser. Yeah. So those don't really go along very well. And, uh, and so we always kind of had that tension between us, but mm -hmm. unfortunately, you know, that was the first occurrence that it happened, but we dealt with that from her for, uh, several years following that. So yeah. several years, even into me going to college, mm -hmm. uh, was constantly dealing with police things and her running away and, um, getting arrested several times wow. and just all kinds of different things that just completely rocked our family. Our family had already been rocked by yeah. countless things, mm -hmm. <laughs> countless dysfunction. However, this was kind of the final straw and things just all broke loose. And, uh, I was left in college with just this huge, I was going to Bible college. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is my horrible, I'm just admitting my sin here. <laughs> I was in Bible college and I had the most hate in my heart for my sister. Because she ruined I everything. I absolutely hated her. Like you felt like she was ruining like your family, any hope your family had. Yeah. I felt like I had for years. And that, again, this is the whole like personality thing that I have, but I felt like I had been trying and trying and trying with God mm -hmm. to hold the family together even though they might not even see it from this perspective yeah. because a lot of times that's kind of how it is. I'm thinking I'm doing all this effort and work to yeah. keep us together. And then she comes in and just doesn't care, doesn't take any responsibility, mm -hmm. um, says some really hateful things, does some really hateful things, all that kind of stuff. And so I'm sitting here in Bible class and writing papers on forgiveness mm -hmm. <laughs> and having these Bible study conversations, Come on, God. you know, like I'm a great <laughs> Christian and 
you know, someone, Hey, how's your family? Oh, it's good. Yeah. My family's great. How we're, many, how many times have we lied? Like, <laughs> we're honestly, huge. So like, we're awesome. Yeah, we're great. You know, someone in our family's great. I don't know where, but somebody <laughs> is, you know, it um, might be me. <laughs> yeah. And so I had this secret, uh, honestly, a secret sin of just utter hatred for her. What about the rest of your siblings then? Because this is the closest one to you, right? Yeah. What about the rest? There's six of you, so there's four others. How's that? How's it affecting them? What's that like before we go any further? Well, it all ripples, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it all just, they started having issues. She started getting some of our other siblings involved in some of her things. Wow. Um, and everybody kind of, we were already distant because we were kind of a patched together family from you know, step siblings and you know, half that's siblings. your sibling, not my sibling. Yeah. Kind of we thing. had the step siblings and the half siblings and all that stuff already. So uh-huh. then on top of that, we have this whole new game changer of, okay, now we have somebody that's doing a bunch of illegal stuff. So it's like, you're either with her or you're not. Yeah. Wow. So it was just kind of another, another reason to separate mm-hmm. our whole family. And I just couldn't take that anymore. And so being in college and stuff, I was like, I'm escaping this, you mm-hmm. know, and be going to camp in the summer. I'm escaping this. And yeah. really, I was just putting a Band-Aid on it. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't actually. And that's the thing is I would pray, Alec, like I feel so bad about this, but I would like pray and be like, God, help change my sister. No. Um, help change her. Help so change her, God. A friend told me this once, and it's something that I've thought about a few times, but like this one of my friends, he really like loved one of his siblings, but his sibling was like hardcore, like you know, athe- like hardcore atheist, like yeah. on that side of it. And he said, like Alec, it like breaks my heart, and I feel bad, but sometimes I pray that God would put him in a life threatening, not kill him, but threaten <laughs> his life enough where only a miracle can save him. No. And he has to realize that. And I was like, Hey, man, I don't know if that's okay. <laughs> like, I, hey, and I was like, I really- I was, like Christian for like. <laughs> A few months, just not even a year. Yeah, and he told like, me this. What kind, of, like, what kind of voodoo uh, prayer is this? I was like, you know, God wants to save people. <laughs> so I, I think that's okay. No, I'm going to say it right now. That's not okay. Yes. Um, that's not okay, right? Like, I'm, I'm fine thinking that now. That's not okay. <laughs> I would do like the rock bottom prayer. That's oh, like, what I would let, do. Yo, God, knock her on her yeah. butt, Lord. <laughs> like, that, but that's not Slam like, her to the ground, Father God. That's not okay. Yeah. So, yeah. but like, I, were you struggling, I guess, to like, give this to God, it almost, I'm, I'm you know, sorry to judge, maybe I'm judging past Kayla, but it's like, it's okay. you really took this as like, I have to fix the family. I don't know. Like, did you feel like I had to fix it or like me and God have to fix it? Cause it, to me, it almost sounded like you were like putting so much on you. Yeah, I was, money. I'm notorious for that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what was, this is how deep my hate had gotten. My hate had gotten so bad that I knew the right thing was to pray about it. And yet my prayers were so focused on her in the sense of, God, I'm praying for her, but she doesn't deserve help. Wow. Because of all the junk that she's put us through, she doesn't even deserve it, God. Mm -hmm. Not even focusing on the fact of what is forgiveness or Mm -hmm. anything like that. I was just praying, but it was empty. It was full of... I'm okay. Fix that. Don't yes. worry about me. I'm good. I'm good, God. I'm good, God. Go there. Still, I'm still good, God. I've done all this crap for so many years. I'm yeah. still good, Lord. Wow. But I need you to do something in her, but she doesn't deserve it. So if you don't, whatever. She's on her own, you know. And it was just... It was such a level of hate that I've never experienced in my whole life. Because <laughs> I'm... I mean, I'm not that person. No, I don't like, hate anybody. you're talking so happy about, like, I was full of hate. I don't know what's wrong. <laughs> like, you're just like, man, don't that's hate crazy. Anybody. <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I was... It was bad. How did God deal with this? 
Well, um, through a lot of self-reflection, honestly, I there was at one point where I was in college and I got another call because that was kind of the thing. Is if you know a catastrophe happened, I would get the call even though I didn't live at home. I would get the call and though they weren't trying to push things on me to fix it, I was taking it. I was still yeah. putting the weight of that. I was putting the guilt on me. I was doing all of that stuff. And so, uh, in essence, I would still feel responsible for that stuff. And yeah. so it just finally, they called one time and it got so overwhelming. And I was just like, I don't think I've ever been depressed, but I think this might be what this is. Wow. And, um, you know, sought some help and did go see a counselor about some things. And she was like, yeah, you're putting some stuff on you. That's not yours to take. She's like, you know, that's honestly God's to take. And I'm like, I know God. Yeah. I was like, I know God, you know, (laughs) again, that whole, like, I've been there. I've done this. I know God. Yeah. But there was still that underlying hate of like, okay, but she doesn't deserve it. God. So don't really fix her. But anyway, just through that. And really I came to a point praying where, I don't know. I kind of call it like the breakthrough moment that you have. Uh And for me, that occurred when uh, my prayer changed from her to me. Wow. So I had been so focused on God, fix her, fix her, (laughs) fix her, Lord Jesus, you know, because she has issues and blah, blah, blah. And it changed from that to God, I don't want to carry this anymore. I need you to yeah. do something in my life about it because I can't carry it anymore. I'm wow. incapable. Mm-hmm. I'm going to fall into some depression or I'm yeah. going to go to a dark place, Lord, and I need your help. And really he taught me through that. And that's just humility. Hello. That's <laughs> humility. But through that, he taught me to see her the way that he sees her. Yeah. And that changed that's so everything cool. to, look at her in the sense of God created her and God had a plan in mind when he made her Mm -hmm. blows my mind. And because of all that, like, again, I want to cry because I have so much (laughs) love. (laughs) I have so much love for my sister now. And I love her more now than I did growing up, you know, and you have that little kid sibling love, you know, I love you, you know, and all that stuff. We're family. Yeah. We're family, whatever. I love her more now because I've asked God over and over and over again to help me see her the way that he sees her. And that doesn't even just translate with her. That translates with everybody. And that's how I can say I don't hate anybody Uh because if I have a hard time with somebody, that's the prayer I go to is God, you created that person for a reason. Help me see it. Because I'm struggling. <laughs> and you know, this is like part of the story where it's like, oh man, this is God, God's happening and things get better. But to be real, has it gotten better in her situation then? Uh, I pray that it does, yeah. you know, and I... It's still rough right now. Though. It's I, still rough. Yeah. She She's actually serving time in prison right now. Wow. Uh, she's been there a while. I don't exactly know how much longer she's got. Mm-hmm. But uh, on her end of things, she hasn't necessarily made that choice yet. Yeah. But I know and I'm so confident in God's goodness Mm -hmm. and his love for her that it's there. He's like holding his hand out like, hey, come on, come grab it. And he did the same exact thing for me. I Mm -hmm. just grabbed it when I was five. You know, (laughs) like everybody kind of has a different time frame that way. And uh, I wish, I so wish that she could see what God thinks of her because Mm -hmm. that completely changed my life and i know that it would change hers if she could just get to a place uh where she saw that i think that's so cool how god like 
used your background, used your family, even some that would say it's untypical and not a great environment. Like you said, like a statistical type of environment that that actually has grown your faith through some trial and error with God. It's definitely grown you. I, I see that. That's awesome. The joy that comes like from you is something that, you know, I've not seen in other people. Like I really mean that. So I think that's cool. We're going to believe in you and your family. I think a lot of people are scared to talk about like the end part of the story. But right now we've moved from that. In fact, God wasn't done with you yet. It wasn't just like your family. Cause some people I think are fixated on just one area. I think God yeah. can use you in so many. You're doing other great stuff. In fact, like you've, you mentioned it a few times and we've talked about it. Like you worked at dry Gulch. You worked at a summer camp. Yeah. You, you love kids, right? Would yeah. you say you love kids? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> some people at summer camps don't like kids. No. Oh my gosh. I love them. And I guess there's only so many people I worked with. So if they actually listen to this, they're going to be like, huh? Is that me? And if you got to question it, it might be you. So DM me if you think it's <laughs> so you. And true. We'll, we'll chat. We'll, maybe God will use our hearts or something. Yeah. Um, but what are you doing now? What, where does your heart lie? I know your heart lies with your family, but what are you doing now since that point? Because definitely God's not just going to fix you up and then be like, well, figure it out. It's like, well, no, God's they fix you up and let's go on another trip kind of thing. What's going on with you now? Yeah, so I actually have the amazing opportunity uh, I love urban ministry, which again is kind of one of those things. Is that what like, it's called? Urban? Urban ministry. ministry. Yeah. It's huh. like working in a neighborhood that's kind of rough or. I don't know. Sorry. Just when I hear. Inner city <laughs> ministry. <laughs> inner city. When I hear urban, it's. Uh, did you actually watch The Office? Yeah, of course. It's like when Michael Scott always introduces Stanley. This is one of our urban salesmen. <laughs> yeah. And he just looks some Different what urban. Do you mean? <laughs> Different kind of urban. <laughs> um. <laughs> I'm so sorry, everybody. <laughs> no, there's always space for an office, office reference. Um, I have everything on this podcast now. <laughs> no, so I actually have the opportunity now to work with an organization, a nonprofit here in Tulsa called Glory House, mm -hmm. and we are a faith-based women's restoration home. And so wow. I actually get to live and work there and partner with women that are coming out of some really difficult circumstances, such as incarceration or addictions or abuse or neglect. So this or, actually came from, I guess, where you came from. Like you were like, yeah, huh, I'm used to this. I could probably do it. Yeah. It's so great because people come in and they're like, um, I have like this stuff going on and I'm like, okay, just tell me. And they're like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, literally nothing you say is going to weird me out. But no, you won't get it. You won't get it. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. And because I'm like, I was that person, you know, that when people would ask questions, I was like, eh, Were you, you on know. drugs too? <laughs> no, not I, you know, I should have been, but I wasn't. Go back to the beginning Funny of the podcast story. and you'll find that out. No, um, like when they ask you that, like, Oh, no, sorry, I you? have. Well, okay. And that was actually one of the greatest compliments I got was someone thought I was a former addict. And <laughs> to me, that was one of the best compliments I've ever gotten. I because love she when said, people ask me if I'm a raging alcoholic. Well, because it made my heart happy because it meant that I was that relatable. So they wow. didn't feel judged by me. That's cool. They didn't That's... feel like I was above them or anything like that. They felt like I came from them. You weren't more righteous than them. You weren't yeah, holier. You were exactly. You were one of. You were among the people. Yeah. That, I, I've never thought of that. That's really cool. So I, you know, people would be like, I'd be embarrassed by that. And I was like, no, that was like the best compliment I've uh -huh. ever received, honestly. And I love Pastor Jed Wilhite. Uh, he came to Shout our out church. Vegas. Yeah, I know, right? Go Cowboys, because uh, he always says that. <laughs> he came to our church a few years ago, and he was saying that the message of the gospel is really just one beggar telling 
another beggar, hey, I know where the bread is. Yeah, and that has so stuck good. with me because that is my story is, mm-hmm. hey, I went through all this junk. Let me show you how to get out of it. Yeah. And even, you know, some people have said, well, isn't it a huge trigger to like work with these women that are dealing with the same yeah. thing that your sister are? And yeah, of course, there's some times where I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, God, I don't know if I can handle this or whatever. Yeah. But the greatest joy that I find from it is it gives me a new perspective and a new way to pray. God, I just pray that somebody does this for my sister. Yeah. Wow. Does what I'm doing for these ladies and helping them and walking through things with them and teaching them about you. I just pray, God, that somebody does this for her. Was getting into this something like really natural, actually? Like, because I remember when you announced it, you were like, hey, I'm working at Glory House. Like, never heard of it. Wow, this is crazy. This is cool. But did you just like hear about it? Were you a pro? So you just jump in? How did this all happen? Was it, was it even like a God thing and that like work here? Or was it just like, did it happen? I kind of was always interested in like restoration ministry. Uh, just because, like I said, oh, in my family, urban back, and restoration. I'm <laughs> learning so restoration many. Restoration ministry, <laughs> yeah, it's its own category. But I kind of was always interested in that because of my family background, and okay. so I had looked at different ministries, like Mercy Ministries, which is Mercy Multiplied now out of Nashville, and hmm. uh, so actually was looking for a place to volunteer, and then was looking for a part-time job, and then received the part-time job because I saw it on Facebook. I oh, saw nice. Glory House on Facebook. And kind of went from there and then got the full-time job. And now I work there full-time. I live there. Yeah. I do all kinds of stuff there. So it's been really neat. You're among God's people. Like yeah. Said. And I think it's cool. It makes me think, like you said, like, you know, I see her, how God sees her. I think it's cool that you see, you've told me, like, you see these ladies, like, how you, God sees them. I think it's cool what you're doing. Because honestly, I think there's a lot of people that can't jump in that ministry. I'll say, like, that's something that would scare me getting into. I've prayed for people that have, like, you know, gone through stuff. But even then, it's just like, man, they might be looking at me like, yeah. who are you? Like, you're a kid. It's like, I know, and I'm never, it's I'm never a gonna constant, it. It's a constant fight. Because even these ladies come into the program and they fight you uh-huh. because they don't want you to take care of them and they don't want you to love them and all those things because they haven't experienced that in their life. So you have to get a tough skin. Wasn't that way before, uh-huh. but you got to get a tough skin because you have to fight yeah. for them. And what I love about our organization is we don't just work with the ladies. We actually work with the families. And so being able to oh, wow. sit down yeah. with some of these families in my office and look these moms or dads or cousins or sisters in the face and say, I see you. Wow. Is huge. So you're not just ministering to ladies. You're, no. you're helping families that like, you're not families. alone. We like, love families. Guess what? Your, you know, daughter went and did all this stuff and I know that it affected you. Yeah. And these people have not he- like heard this anywhere. Yeah. I never heard it. Like I see when you. I was going through that, nobody came and was just, you know, I oh, see you. And so man, crazy. just to see people have that breakthrough weight, you mm-hmm. understand yeah. that though I'm not the one that did this, that my you know relative is the one going through this thing, you understand that it has affected me and changed and shaped my life and yeah. my future. It's huge, and it's yeah. got God's fingerprints all over it because it is just his restoration work. That's what wow. he's about. He's about family. Come on. Yeah, and it's cool, like, you know, plugging myself, but this podcast, like just this episode, I think you're going to do what you just said is like somebody that might be going through what we've all talked about right here, just dysfunctional family, some of these issues, somebody's going to be able to listen to this and be like, wow, somebody just described all my feelings. So I hope if you're listening and it's like that, like yeah. Kayla sees you and you know, yes. I hope you hear Kayla. Do you, have, do you ever hearing all this, 
have you ever thanked God? I think everybody thanks God for a family, and it's like, yeah, I have a family. But have you thanked God specifically, like how your family is? Because one hundred percent. Wow. Every single day, like literally, something comes up, and I say thank you, God, for my background. Wow. That's like kind of how I say it or whatever. But thank you for my background because it was rough. But thank you. That's awesome. Because I would not be able to do the things that I do the way I do them without that. You know, one time, you know, I, I think it's cool. I think some people are always scared. Like, I don't have that kind of testimony. I great, came from a great family. God's never done anything crazy. But I, I always try to tell those people, like, man, that's awesome that yes. God was with you the whole way. Absolutely. I, and one time, I, I think I said, I was like, dude, that's like one of the best testimonies ever is to have that. And then my friend, he said, you know what? I, I'm glad I don't have that. I'm like, really? You're glad you went through this stuff? Because, you know, he came from a broken family, parents in jail, separated yeah. parents. And he was like, no, like. And it's just now hitting me. Like, I don't know why I've listened to the whole thing and only connected it. But he was like, no, my family and the stuff it screwed up is why I came to God and made me who I am and why I have my faith. And it, I'm just now putting those dots. That, like, man, that's strong. That's powerful. Yeah. Like, you know, Genesis, God, you know, you know what the enemy intended for bad, God intended for good. I think it's one of my favorite, hard. favorite passages. So good. And I, more and more in my life. I heard it at summer camp the first time. But, yeah. you know, more and more I keep seeing like, wow. Cause I don't know how God's plan works. Like that's my number one thing is like Drake might know God's plan better than I do. I <laughs> he said, knows I, better than anybody. I've said that he can make a song about it. I, I don't even want to make a podcast episode on it. Um, Kayla, the end of your life. What do you think God's story for you? It's to summarize it one two words. What's God's story for you? Um, hmm. God's story for me is probably give love. Give love. And I know that's cliche Christian. Sorry about that, everybody. I watched Veggie Tales growing up. <laughs> but it's, you know, obviously important for you to receive love. Yeah. But to be able to give it to people, even people that don't deserve it. Or I like to think of it as people that can never pay you back. Yeah. People that will never pay you back or they just actually cannot pay you back mm -hmm. to just give it to them anyway. There's a difference between giving it and loaning it to somebody. Yeah. And oftentimes I have been guilty of loaning love to people because loaning I've love. loaned it to them and wanted something in return yeah. or wanted them to return that love to me and it hasn't happened. Mm -hmm. uh, so just to really just give love to people. I think it's cool. And you, you know, you've said it and this is probably as preachy as I want to get, but we say those people don't deserve it. But at the end of the day, like you and me don't deserve it. Yeah. We're pretty decent people by society standards, but you know, yeah. God's eyes. He loves we're us. We're just beggars. Asking we just know. Beggar. Yeah. We know where the bread is. So Let's we get just this point bread. people there. <laughs> I'm so sorry. everybody. Let's get this bread. Let's get these carbohydrates. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, Kayla, thank you so much. I just, I felt like I learned so much from this. I am like shocked, but like I'm smiling through it. Maybe because you're smiling and it's like that effect, but that was really good. You know, we're going to... Smile through the pain. <laughs> no, just kidding. You're doing such... Oh, my God. That's different. <laughs> I know. I'm just kidding. You're not You're not relatable. I don't know what to do. <laughs> but, hey, we're going to believe that you're being a light to your family. Thank that you. God's moving. God still has his hand reached out for your family and all of them. You know, you talk about... you. I've heard you say you love your family. So, before today, I never thought it was an issue. Like, oh, K Kayla has, like, some crazy family. Yeah. And I was like, huh, no. She said she loves her family. And honestly, maybe that's a small-minded way of me thinking. Is like, she can't love her family. Or she can't hate having There bad can't family. be issues if she loves yeah, her family. Yeah. yeah. So, I, we're going to believe in that for you. I think you're doing a great thing. Thank you. Um, if we want to connect, if we want to hear more, because you said, like, we we don't have time, but, like, you can make time. You love talking to people. Yes. We've gotten Chipotle with a group of friends enough to talk about life. Yes. Um, so if, you want, if people want to connect with you, how can they? 
Yeah, um, on Instagram, of course, there's Miss Kayla Noel. It's M S Kayla N O E L L E. Or I actually have a separate Instagram account, uh, Faith with Fletch, and that's kind of where I just do some easy to learn yeah. theology uh, or different things from the Bible. So kind of just cool stuff like that. And Glory House, how can we connect if we like the vision or want to learn more about that? Yeah, gloryhousetulsa.com. Uh, we love to connect with people. We do uh, like personal ministry coaching. So if you're wow. just needing some coaching or just somebody to kind of walk through things with you, come on down. You're yeah. the next contestant. All those links, by the way, plugging again, yeah. are on casuallyspiritual.com. That Kayla edits half of it. Hey. If some of it's written better than other parts of the website, <laughs> that's Kayla's part. Oh if it's kind of rough, that's my part. <laughs> um, Kayla, We'll work on it. We'll yeah. work on it. <laughs> so you're part of the team. So I think it's so cool we got somebody like you on the team. So Kayla, any last words? Um, that's all, folks. How original. See ya. Wow. That was really good. David's probably going to make fun of me because I say this in almost every episode, but I didn't know half those details, but I learned so much about Kayla. I learned so much about her life and also about what God can do. No matter your circumstance, no matter your background, there is a plan for it. If you're listening to this and you're going through something similar, just know you're not alone. You're seen you're heard and there is hope there is love through it just give love and it's gonna work out god's gonna do something big this is a great episode i hope it blessed you and i can't wait to see what the next ones bring see ya thanks for listening to this episode of the casually spiritual podcast if you like this episode and want to hear more follow subscribe and leave a review on itunes spotify or wherever you get your podcasts and support us by sharing on social media to stay up to date, follow us on Instagram at Casually Spiritual, on Twitter at This Is The CSP, and leave us a like on Facebook. Until next time, thanks for listening to the Casually Spiritual Podcast. Except for every time she's around you, you're like, rah, 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 rah. Wait, are you just talking about what? That's what, what you're trying to say. Exactly that. I'm not a dinosaur. We okay. need to like extend our Let's hand restart. this Let's way restart. and pray for him. Hey, no. <laughs> <laughs> what the freak yes. is chippy? Chippy, that is a fantastic. What I don't even think it's a word, chippy? but it works. <laughs> <laughs>